Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're in Sundance sort of virtually this year, as has happened last year as well. Today, I am joined by the producers of Calendar Girls, and that is Maria Luhufud and Luve Martinson. So welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. First of all, you're in Sweden because you couldn't make it to Sundance because of the restrictions that got in place. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We're in our home in the suburb of Stockholm. Your film, and it's one of the documentaries at Sundance Film Festival, it takes place in Florida about a group of women of certain age, as we shall say. <laughs> How did you discover this group of women in Florida? Actually, we uh, Maria's uh, dad uh, used to have a house in Cape Coral, which is the city where most of it is filmed. Uh, so we we used to go there like every year for I think 10, even more than 10, 15 years or something. So we've been there a lot on vacation. Um, and about four years ago, we went there on a longer vacation because we just had our second baby. Uh, he was three months old. So we just thought, let's go to Florida and stay there for a while while he's uh, while we're on parent leave. Uh, so that's when we were there we just we went to a, we were we were at an event called touch a truck in cape coral where they, where we were w- with our kids to look at uh, like big trucks and fire fire trucks police cars and everything you can think of so they got to look at them and sit and honk the horns and everything our oldest son was like three at the time and he yeah, was, was crazy, crazy about, about cars, cars. So. so we were there and all of a sudden the, these women climb up a back of a truck and start dancing uh, and we've uh, we've never seen anything like it before <laughs> uh, and we were just very like fascinated, fascinated about by them, them. Uh, well, and uh, their fantastic energy and like that they also that they take this take up this space and do these wonderful dances uh, we couldn't so, stop looking at them yeah so we just got curious and wanted to know more about them so that's how it started was it because of their age because these are all women who are over 60 who are dancing or was it their costumes or combination 
course, it was their 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 age at first that we you don't see women of their age dancing like this in at least not in Sweden. I don't know if it's more common in the U.S., but in Sweden we don't see these kinds of these older women doing these performances in these kinds of quilts. So it was the whole thing, I guess. Yes, and it was it made us so very happy and fascinating, and we thought, oh, what is this? It was also a bit strange for us it's I guess it's somehow we get mixed emotions because I guess we just weren't used to it and we faced our own prejudice yeah is that the word (laughs) prejudice yeah Yeah, like we had that we have about older people that maybe should they be doing this or is this appropriate in their age that was (laughs) like um, the mixed emotion but that we didn't really, well, we just saw that in ourselves, that we had this thought, and that sparked the idea of mm-hmm. why are we thinking like this even? Is that like our our mental picture of an older, the older women is like really out of date? Because of course they should dance like this, yeah. of course. It's just in our head, it was, we had an outdated image, yes. Yeah. Of what a wo- so that's older what woman sparked the idea do. of maybe, maybe we could start filming them and see what learn more about them and see what 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 they're about the one thing that i liked was they any money that they raised from their dances they were donating to the guide dogs and i think there are some other organizations uh possibly along the way but they were doing this obviously to keep themselves fit or energized and just moving once you retire sometimes you kind of just stop moving as we also saw in the film with some of the characters but i enjoyed the idea that they were being philanthropic at the same time yes absolutely and that's all very important they talk a lot about giving back to the community and that's that's great. That's really great. And they shows Southeastern guide dogs at their charity, and they've been sponsoring, I guess, 25 guide dogs so far. So I, that's great. I did miss in the film, I saw that they were handing out leaflets and talking about the guide dogs, but what I did miss was not actually seeing the organization that they were helping to support. That was one thing I felt was missing in the film. Was that just you didn't have an opportunity to to do that? We filmed it. We absolutely did. But I guess it was so hundreds of hours that we had to cut down to 83. So that's why. And we also but... wanted the film to focus more on not that that's not really the focus of the film. The focus is more about being this age and more about their lives than it is about their charity or even if that's a very interesting thing as well but we really wanted the film to be like more into their um, emotions and and their life so that's why we had to leave stuff like that out just to so we (laughs) we can do the film too long that would have been a different film i guess but we're really happy that that could also be a film but could but, talk a lot about this now when they yeah. are getting famous and they have been getting a lot more interest since the film since uh, the film has been uh, people have started writing and doing interviews about the film they also gotten a lot of more interest about their charity and and uh, as them as a group so yeah. i think that's it's that's really going to help them as well i have to tell you that i will never ever be able to hear 
the Christmas song, Oh Come All You Faithful, without seeing pink unicorns. Ever again. That's nice. That's good. That was like amazing. I just love that. Um, Yeah. But, you know, how long has this group been going? I get that members come and go, but somebody had to start. Uh, Catherine, who's in the film, who is the leader, she's also the founder, and she did, she started the team 16 years ago. So she's been doing it for 16 years. And there are some other team members that's. With this group for so long yeah. but most of the women come and go but yeah. it's a few of them that's been there for 16 yeah. years i want but catherine's it's... body now not just yeah. even as a 60 70 year old I mean, <laughs> come on that yeah but she's uh amazing. she's uh she's really something she works out so much and she's really disciplined and she has this she does boot camp every morning at seven o'clock i guess yeah. so <laughs> she's wow. terrific yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm assuming you've kept up with the people that you filmed. So you know, even after you stopped filming, you know how their lives have been going. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them or most of them. I yes. Guess. We're, We're still, still in, in touch. touch with, absolutely. Yeah. If it's not giving away too much from the film, can you, because I just felt heartsick for the woman who had the gastrointestinal issues and she had to quit and she was constantly losing weight because of this where is she how is she at this point she's she's okay she's she's struggling with this disease but she's she's fine she's able to live a full life and to work she she just can't dance but she's still a part of the dance team in some way she's making these t-shirts and some she's a she's a really good dancer so sometimes she helps out with the technique for for the other dancers and the new dancers so she's part of the team absolutely but she just can't dance and do all the shows because is she still working because her work was also extremely physical yes yeah she still works she's able to work um, so that's but that's that's, she has to focus on the work so that's why she can't do the dance she can't really keep she has to keep the energy yeah but she's she's okay a lot of these women were already retired a few or working because they had to financially yeah Um, how do they pay how do a lot of these members pay for the costumes that they are doing is it out of their own pocket or does some of the money that they raise go back to props and costumes and things like that yeah, I think that's the. I think they all the costumes they do themselves. Uh, like maybe they have to buy some things, but they try to really keep the costs low. Yeah, so they, they save it. the money for for the charity. Yeah. So they don't pay, but it, sometimes they they make like the hats that Fran is doing the hats, and they I think sometimes they buy it from like dollar store and they buy something cheap and then then they. Glam it up. Glam it up themselves. So so I don't think they have to spend that much money on it. Um, But I think they, I guess they take it from the earnings they get. I think it's a bit different. Or sometimes someone buys a lot of stuff for. Yes, but they try to keep it. I don't think that's To save the money for the the dogs. What have you learned from seeing women of a certain age or the, you know, the social security set who are so active in their lives? so inspiring it really is we want to to get old (laughs) and to have more more freedom maybe 
if you if you can stay healthy, then it could be a really fantastic time of your life when your kids are grown up and you don't have to, hopefully you don't have to work that much and you can spend time with your friends again and do fun stuff. So it's really made us not be so scared of growing older because you can really see how their lives are even maybe even better now or at least just as good as it has been before. Are you going to try um, to form one of these groups over in Sweden and show the um, Swedish society like this can be done? Yeah, yeah but, I would love that. Yeah, well, you can do whatever. It doesn't have to be about dancing. It could be about anything uh, that you just you should do what you want because everyone you isn't don't... fit to dance. Maybe some you like something else, but the the point is you, that you can just do whatever you want and don't feel that you have, your age has to stop you. Um, or that you have to be like a professional or something just if yeah, you yeah. want to just do it do something it's just do it i really enjoyed that uh theme about just continue to grow and learn new things even yeah. after you retire or yes. are over the 60 set 70 set yeah some of those women in there even looked like they might have been in their 80s yeah the yeah. oldest one is 79 i think yeah when we filmed when think, we filmed yeah. yes yeah but it's that's the thing if you if you keep evolving you will you won't feel as old i think if you still you want to learn new stuff try new stuff it's your life is going to be fun until the end <laughs> yes. uh, have you heard because some of the spouses weren't as supportive as mm -hmm. we may have wanted them to be since this film is getting so much attention have you heard about how their spouses are reacting now i don't know how many spouses that have seen it yet no it's still uh it's we've just shown shown it to to the to girls, the girls in the film. yeah, yeah. So maybe but, uh, after the a premiere. lot of them are supportive too so i don't know we we don't we don't really know we haven't talked about that no but, we showed uh, it to the whole team a few year, a few weeks ago um, but there were no spouses allowed in that, <laughs> in that screening <laughs> we don't know we'll see i know when a lot of these women originally were married our society was different. You know, the woman always supported what the man did. And you really weren't supposed to want a career at all, let alone just do something that your husband wouldn't necessarily approve of. Times have changed, but sometimes the people's, what they grew up with, their ideals, they haven't changed. And yeah. so it was really interesting to see the dynamic, especially in the one relationship that we concentrated on, how that evolved and it i mean for me i would be like hey the husband's gone man i'm going dancing i don't care what <laughs> what he says but again she didn't grow up that way she's moving toward that but she is still rooted in her time when she grew up as well yeah yes absolutely yeah, and that's a big that's the thing about what the film's about like what kinds of expectations you have from yourself or from the society. Most of them can be maybe from yourself on how should you behave when you're a grandma. I'm a grandma. Can I still dance in these clothes? Or, can, I'm, a wife, or I'm, wife. A, I'm a wife. Can I go out dancing all the time? Or do, should I should I maybe stay home more? Or so you have like like you said, it could be from that you're 
how your parents were uh, when they were older. So I think that's a big part was interesting with the film that it 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 takes up these um, questions about, and that's the same thing with like we mentioned with our prejudice. That yes. it's not really, it's not really. We understand that it's wrong to think that way, but still, it's so in your program. Your head is programmed with these images of how a grandmother, what a grandmother is. So we, it's time to start showing new, new, uh, new um, role models for how a grandmother can be. Yeah. I think we don't haven't seen that much in films, at least, uh, portraits of women this age do. They're always like stereotypical. Uh, a grandmother is a grandmother and yes, nothing and else. Only, only a grandmother, but you can uh, be both. But you can be a grandmother and you can be a, 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 a entertainer, a dancer, or a, dancing out on, on um, truck beds. Right. Is there anything else you want us to learn or take from this movie that you have oh i thought i think we said it all like to get inspired and to not being afraid of getting older and to stay active and yeah and don't take yourself so serious just try to have fun try to have fun yes yes I love that. Well, thank you so much to my guests. We have Maria Le Hufud and Luve Martinson. They are the producers of Calendar Girls, which can be seen at Sundance Film Festival. And has it been picked up by anybody else yet? Is it going to be marketed outside of Sundance? Yeah, it's uh, we have an American distributor, so it's going to be in cinemas from May, hopefully, or yeah, yeah, early June, summer. Yeah. And it's going to be in film festivals, hopefully all over the U.S. Um, and all over the, the world, hopefully. Yeah, and <laughs> we have a cinema distribution in Sweden, so you can see it here in March. It's going to be premiered. And we have got a lot of interest from other European countries as well. So hopefully all over the world very yes. soon. Yeah. Great. That is awesome. So if somebody doesn't log in or sign up for the Sundance Film Festival this week, they still have many other opportunities. They will. Yes, this. they and will. Again, it's a documentary about women of a certain age who are, man, they're hoots. I loved it. I loved watching that. <laughs> so again, thank you to my guests, Maria Lehufud and Luve Martinson. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So nice being here. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.